Sten Morgan here. I hope you're doing well. I want to announce that we are launching the How to Be an Elite Advisor course. We are combining all of our best teachings and ideas into a course that you can complete in less than a week. I want to share with you the best ideas that I implement within my practice that have helped me achieve more than I ever thought possible. I want to share how I have unique meetings with clients. What's the mindset of an elite advisor? How do you prospect in a way that'll separate you from other advisors? At the Elite Advisor Network, we reject average. I want to help you see what your full potential is and reach it faster. Set time aside this week to take the course. Click on the link or go visit gobeelite.com. I'll talk to you soon. Hey friends, this is Andy Tribe. Before we start today's show, I want to tell you about a training we're going to have on October 12th, we're going to hold it twice during that day at 9 a.m. and 2 p.m. You can come to either or both of the trainings. You're going to be able to sign up at stenmorgan.com slash webinar. That's stenmorgan.com slash webinar. And the topic is communication that converts the key to charging for your advice. So Sten is going to be live with you for those two calls. And he's going to share how you can put yourself in a position of authority. Also, you how you can increase prospect or client comprehension in meetings. So you make sure they're tracking with what you're talking about, how you can create a more enjoyable meeting for you and for the prospect, and also how you keep them engaged the the entire meeting. So they're really locked in on what you're saying and they're excited about working with you by the time you're done having that strategy session. So again, go to stenmorgan.com slash webinar, and you can register and attend either one of those live trainings on Thursday, October 12th. And now here's today's show. Today, we're going to unpack asking for referrals. This is one of the major topics we cover in our live teachings, podcasts. It's one of the most you know frequent questions we get from advisors because this is the lifeblood. Like, we need business. Yeah. And we want good business, right business. In your experience so far with our community, our live events, you have a lot of experience now around advisors, but as far as being an active advisor. So from your perception, what would you say your understanding is of when advisors ask for referrals at this point? Well, I would say they ask... Um, we were just doing this last week as I said, what's your average meeting look like? And we teach them never have meetings again, always have strategy sessions, but the average meeting is, let me tell you about our company. Let's get some stats, a little small talk, so on and so forth. But then they, they ask for referrals, but it's awkward and it feels risky. Mm-hmm. And it's like the classic, like slide a piece of paper and a pen and be like, if you could just write down five names, right? No, nope. that, that, that would be my impression of an average advisor. Uh, that is taught at scale still. Okay. I don't think it's taught because it doesn't work. I think what we see in the industry is there's average things people do. And the solution is do this average thing really hard and really long and it'll eventually work. And, and for me, that's where most referral ask falls. It's you ask too soon. You don't really ask the right way. It's not very specific, but because if you do enough of it, eventually it kind of works. Yeah we all kind of still generally accept it. And with what we do with kind of a lead activity is if we reject average, we would all stop doing certain things forever. Right. And and, and I love the word reject because it's not like um, nuance. No, it's like reject. You know, like you ever, like, you ever, and it's happening. I'll never forget it because this is how strong I remember it. I was about eight years old. I was at my friend Jason's house. <laughs> we're up at like 1 a.m. And we're like, we want some cereal. So we go get the cereal. And his dad was on this weird diet where he had stopped eating dairy. And so we go get the milk and see where this is going before the cereal. And he's like, oh, you'll love the cereal. And I'm like, oh, I've never had this kind of cereal before. And I go take the buy cereal and the milk was it's just too sour. For <laughs> but I thought it was a cereal. I never had sour milk before. So I was like, oh, this cereal is horrible. And he's like, oh, it's fine. He's like, oh, no, the milk's bad. And it yeah. was like, 
oh, uh, reject it. Like yes. I rejected it. Oh, and yeah. so some people are like, oh, I want to nuance what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Like, no, we're not, don't nuance what's bad. It's not what's right. The way that you're doing referrals right now, you have to reject it yep. like big times, but people still need to do referrals. So what's the foundational piece of what we teach people when we say reject it, mm-hmm. they're still going to do it, but yeah. what is foundationally different about them rejecting average and when it comes to doing, asking for referrals? Well, I learned the hard way that I broke those habits just because they weren't working quick enough for me. Okay. That I probably could have done those same things like other advisors and eventually grown my book organically and accepted a pretty average long-term path. But because I didn't want the path, I then had to turn and say, what activities am I doing that are not getting me results? And then luckily, you know, that was one of the ones I rejected. And rejecting, I would say, anything you are doing now that you are somewhat defensive of, if if you kill it and it comes back to life, great. Yeah, then it was good. But be open to saying, I'm going to question all things, especially Mm -hmm. if I want dramatically different results in my business. For me, when I decided to kill it, which meant all the training I was in, all the advisors I observed that were successful that I wanted to be like, I was willing to say, maybe they aren't doing it the right way. Maybe there's a better way. For me, I started, I wanted to, that little voice inside all of us as advisors where it's like, man, am I going to ask? Are they going to give it? I had to listen to that and realize the reason I have that feeling is because I don't think I've added any value yet. Mm. Because if I truly add value, that ask should be way easier because the person is like, oh, now I know what I'm referring to. Versus a person I just met an hour ago is asking to meet the closest people in my world and all my close friends from church and school and my alma mater and my family. To talk about something that is deeply personal. Yes. And so I think as we unpack it, and I love doing this with groups too, because as we are talking about it in this way, you can start seeing all of us be like, oh, that's why it doesn't work. Yeah. If we were on the other side of that, we'd be bothered too. And so as advisors, I catch myself doing this to where I'm operating and I'm like, okay, if I truly put myself in the client's shoes. I'd probably do quite a bit of things differently, but I'm doing just kind of what others do and what the industry has kind of loosely said is the right way to do it versus being willing to question it all. And so today I want to unpack with, with our listeners. We're not saying you don't ask for referrals. We're not saying you can't even ask for a referral in the first meeting, mm-hmm. but there's this, this mission we need to accomplish first. And it's like, we are going to add value. We're going to bring something unique to the table so that when we ask for a referral, they have some context of why. I don't know if it's strong as a moral obligation, but it's like, man, if this is true, other people need to know about it. That interaction will be much different. Yeah, a lot to unpack there. I I would say first and foremost, if you're listening or watching and when you ask for referrals, you, if you don't feel um, an expectation that they're going to give you someone, then I think that you haven't, they're not asking for a, a referral in an elite way. Like, when you ask for referrals, it should be, you should have this simple, clear expectation that there's, and you should be excited about asking that question mm. because it is, I mean, I think about this. I think about there's, there's people, and this is a great thing about social media, Facebook groups and things like that. There's people that they are aligned with a group because they have this thing in common, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And all you're saying is, I've just established with you a level of trust that I can help you solve this problem. Mm-hmm. Who else do you know that has that very specific problem? Yep. And if they care about that person and their problems, then they're going to say, oh, absolutely. Like, yep. I have other people you could help. And it's all based upon values first. You've right. added value yep. first. And it's also a form of something else we teach, which is a targeting strategy. Mm-hmm. It's I'm going to take this strategy instead of 
you doing the legwork as an advisor and saying, I'm going to take the strategy. I'm going to go out into the world. I'm yep. going to go find that person. It's just sitting down with someone and saying, I just shared a strategy with you. Mm-hmm. And you wouldn't use this language with them, but essentially you're targeting that person with the referral ask of, is there anyone else that you know that might be able yep. to help? So when you broke into Vandy's mail room, um, the door was unlocked. The door was unlocked. Didn't break it. That was a joke. Uh, don't sue us. Okay. Um, no, but when, when you were targeting these doctors because mm-hmm. they were going to have to go work at Walmart or something after mm-hmm. two years because they had the wrong uh, disability insurance, like it was like, who else do you know that might have this problem? And they're That's like, right. oh my gosh, then you got to call my friend Mike. Like, please call him. That's right. How different is that versus right. like, oh man, I hope they're not offended and, you know. And it's, there should be no awkwardness to referrals. Yeah, I think it changes it from like a, a natural tendency of someone to protect the ones they care about Ooh, and the yeah. relationships they've established. And you're trying to get them more into a posture of like, no, I'm benefiting them. Yeah. Like this isn't risky. It's like uh, because they're a friend and I care about them, they need to know about this. And practically, you, you mentioned one idea about you know, disability insurance at a hospital that I realized wasn't um, ideal. It wasn't bad, but it was... Uh, written in such a way that most of the doctors didn't fully understand it. Yeah. And this is probably true with a lot of group benefits. You know, even if the employer does a great job of rolling it out and explaining it, yeah. people just forget. And so I was able to say, here's this very specific thing within this group of people. I think it was actually in the pathology department. That's where I kind of got my foot. Fascinating. And for them, it's like, man, if they're looking in scopes and their eye gets hurt or something, like there's so much there that like just bringing to their attention some some small language. Yeah. Especially one, I can think of now, he's still a client, was like, hey, here's five you need to call and talk to. Yeah. Like, and very quickly made that referral because I was like, you need to make sure they know it. If they, if they know about this, then great. But like, yeah. let's, let's make sure. Practically speaking, there's so many of these ideas too. One, you know, if you're in a meeting and you work with a lot of clients in real estate and you get into cost segregation. Yeah. And, and for the first time you have a business owner who owns some buildings realize like, wait, I'm allowed to accelerate depreciation on my buildings. I, I'm not telling the, the guy I'm going to file his taxes. I'm not saying I'm the expert at doing the cost seg study. But in the context of our conversation, I'm like, hey, this is something you should be aware of. Do you know how it works at a high level? Now, what he, what he's doing is he's thinking about other people he knows that owns real estate. So yeah. if at the end of that meeting, even if that's meeting one, I say, who else do you know that is in the commercial real estate game yeah. that I should talk to? That's that's like, a, oh, hey, here are three people you should think about knowing. I don't know if I'm going to get the introduction that day, but I take good notes of who they are and I follow up later. It's a much more intentional process and so smooth. And for me as an advisor, it no mm-hmm. longer triggers that that inner voice or hesitation of like, man, I hope this is going to work, even though it rarely does. I guess I'm going to try it again because why not? Yeah. I'm, I'm thankful I was able to break free of that. And sometimes it takes me two meetings to ask for a referral. Sometimes it might take me three, depending on the flow. I don't wait a year though. Right. And I found there's advisors that ask too early and there's advisors that never ask. Yeah. What we coach to is finding that sweet spot of like, it doesn't have to be as long as you think, but it's probably not as fast as maybe you've been encouraged in the past. So let me ask this. Are some ideas more easily uh, adaptable? Like, are, there, are some ideas better for asking referrals than others? Because, are, are, and, and, and let me do a little leading, and maybe I'm right or wrong here, but like that idea is too vague. Like, do you know anyone who has a job? Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I do. Do you know anyone with kids versus like, do you, know anyone, do you know anyone who owns a business who has kids that are older than six years old? Like, it's a much better uh, okay. ask, right? Yep. Versus like, do you know anyone who owns a business? Do you know anyone who has kids? Like mm-hmm. it's a, it's a more nuanced. Yeah. You definitely want to, the more specific you can be, the more, the easily you're triggering names and yeah. a person's kind of inner Rolodex. That's a great point. Cause I think that one of the problems, again, 
average way of asking referrals is, do you know anyone else who needs help in their finances? It's like, bro, everybody needs <laughs> yeah. help in so their finances. You know anybody like, that has money that owns well, a house. Yeah, it's, yeah, but it's just everybody. And the problem is when it's everybody, mm-hmm. I, you know, I do some volunteer work at our local little league. And one, whenever I see something that's not done, and I've taught my kids this, I said, you know what? That's not done because it's everybody's job. And so it's nobody's job. Mm. Unless someone specifically is in charge of sweeping up the little pebbles that that's collect good. behind the concession stand. Yeah. They're there right now. Yeah. It's like, it's it was sort of like, it's just a, it's like we're, everybody's here to help. But like, no, unless someone's assigned to that task. Skip right? So when it applies to everybody, you don't think of someone specific, mm-hmm. right? Versus saying like, who do you know that's good at, you know, uh, air conditioning issues? Like we literally have a guy mm-hmm. that donated to the league for years. Our air conditioning went out and he was in air conditioning. We're like, we, who do we think? We thought about that guy. That's like, right. Versus like, who do you know that just likes to help people? Yeah. So your referrals have to be in, and should be more specific. And I think that's what's so cool when you do this. You can ask in the first meeting very specifically because it, they're they're going to think of specific people versus like, you've known me for an hour. Tell me the people you love. Yeah. That's and, hard. And what we know now is that people will give you some names, but they're maybe not good names or they're oh. like, it's almost how do I get talk, out of this talk room? About, talk about that. Like how often are people just filling it out because you said... Here's a piece of paper and it's even more awkward to go, no. I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I stopped doing that a while ago. Um, <laughs> Think back to when it didn't work. Stan, yeah, that's right. super awkward. <laughs> go back to that. I'm thankful I stopped doing it as soon as I did. But I mean, if people, some people just put names. I mean, what, what kind of quality <laughs> do you get? Because I'm guessing it's not a super high quality conversation next because then the conversation is, let's talk about your money versus like a very, you know, you're not talking to them about a specific issue. Yeah, you you may. It's it's kind of a crapshoot. I, yeah. I think there's a lot of things our industry teaches that like this could work. It works just enough. So do it. Yeah. And in our teaching, we reject that. So our industry's tried to solve that, or at least what I've experienced with advisors by go into a room with a client and either print out people that attended the same college. Like this is how we're wow. trying to spark their memory yeah. or print out the, all their LinkedIn connections. Wow. And there's something to be said for it's better than just a generic random ask of who has money. Yeah. But it's still not, the, the value is still missing. It, it's, it's, I'm going to spark these people and hope they give it to me. And I always go back to the industry figures of retention, success rate, yeah, learning curve. All of it says most of what people are doing is not right. Yeah. It's not good. And so if we, if we can develop, you know, as you listen, the average versus elite filter, our hope and with the advisors we coach and that come to our events, it's, we're going to establish that pretty quickly and help you start recognizing what average activity yeah. is and what elite activity is. Yeah. And yeah. when it comes to identifying uh, the ability to s- share ideas and solve problems on the fly and be generous in that way, you will start experiencing, oh, here's an idea that applies to these people. When I ask for other people that have that, it's, it's much smoother. The yeah. quality is a lot higher. But we also say advisors know your value enough to not never ask. Yeah. And so we, we help find that sweet spot of what's not too early and what's not too late. Because as a healthy business owner, if you have a great process and you're doing great work, you need to somehow ask. Right. So um, my son messages me like two days ago. He's like, Dad, I, um, I, you're going to see $50 activity on my account because I see notifications when they spend money in their accounts. And uh, it's for like JesusLovesYouShirts.com or something like that. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. Like your money. He's like, just so you know, I bought one for, you know, his sisters and I bought two for myself or whatever. You know, I was like, okay, like how much you get? He's like, I got like seven. I'm like for 50 bucks. 
like, are they infant size? Like, what are, you know, are they keychains? Like, no, so it's like, so he found these and he's like, he loves it. He's, and then the next day he says to me, hey, dad, if you see any money come in your PayPal account, I, it's mine. And I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, well, you know the shirts I got? He's like, I told my friends about them and they like wanted to know about them and they have an affiliate program, but I don't have a PayPal. So I signed up. So if you get money, I was like, no, I'm keeping that money, bro. Nice. But here's the thing. He found so much value. Uh-huh. And then his friends, I think maybe was wearing one of the shirts that he got from an earlier order. Cause I think it's just his second order. I'm like, dude, that's a sweet shirt. More to use group or something. He's like, they have an affiliate program. He's like, yeah, I'll get you a link. Nice. And then he says to me yesterday, this is last night. Dad, you should see some money coming in your PayPal account. <laughs> Nolan and Rowan both bought shirts. And I'm like, bro, but here's the thing. Like, why is he doing that? Why is he telling his friends? Because he got tremendous value. Yeah. Tremendous value. You, you want to share good things with the people you know and love. Oh, yeah. Right? And so when someone says to a business owner, mm-hmm. do you know anyone else who has roughly the same amount of employees you have or has some of those pain points about it? It's like, because you care about them, it's not a risk to the relationship. Yeah. Like, think about this, friends. With the way you normally ask for a referral, that person is risking the relationship. Mm-hmm. With the elite way that Sten's talking about, it's actually like, this is rewarding the relationship. Yeah. This is like, oh, I'm going to help. This person's going to love me even more because my son's friends like them even more because they got them connected with this sweet company. Yeah. Now, they know that costs money. Yeah. The shirts aren't free. Yeah. But I, I still feel like this is a fun, and I you keep using the word smooth. You use it about four times. Mm-hmm. Like, it's the opposite of friction. Yeah. And most people feel a, an average way is, I there's so much friction, I don't even do it. I'm afraid. Yeah. Or I have that much value in myself. The next one is it's awkward. Uh, this is weird. Mm-hmm. That's friction. And now we're just like, no, it's smooth. Right. Yeah. Th- there, there are levels or versions of this as well. And so as we coach to uh, add value first so that that interaction is not awkward, as you develop, you know, as you try to get a black belt in referral asking, what uh-huh. you'll realize is you actually need to create things that make sharing about you easier. Like what? If I was asked for somebody for a referral from somebody in a meeting, maybe they give me some names and emails and phone numbers on the fly, but usually it's, let me talk to them first. Like they're a little more intentional and then I'll follow up and say, would you just connect us over email? That's way better than me. You giving them my number and hoping they call. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so you're going to learn as you go, how do you make this even more effective? I've tried different things in the past. Like, well, let's create a video that is our story or the most compelling things and give it to people to share. Mm. or write a book so they can share it with somebody else. Because yeah. I'm the best, we are the best ones to tell our story and why we're yeah. different. Yeah. And, and and so part of that is what we get in our coaching community when you get a private coaching plan and a scorecard. And we say, well, for your practice, here's what you need next. We'll ask about what your referral process is. So there's so much meat to this conversation. But but at a high level, my hope is, as you listen, that you're, you're pausing and saying, okay, Stan, I'm falling into the group that I asked too soon. And when I ask, I'm nervous. And you're telling me to sit in that and realize that maybe I'm asking is a little too soon or I haven't added value. Yeah. Or instead, I'm in the group that never asked because I tried it. It didn't work. I have enough clients it's just, now. It's, it's just awkward. Working. It's just, I stopped. Why? Because it's just awkward and it doesn't work and it hurts the relationship. Mm-hmm. And so I just stopped. Right. Like yeah. that, that's real, but it, but that doesn't have to be your reality yeah. moving forward. Yeah. They're, they're, they're for your practice. There is, there's a, this lane you will find that has some system to it. That there is some kind of soft skill you just learning trial by error how to ask to, but there's yeah. a there's a better way than what you're doing now, and it it is worthy of your time spent to improve it, because a referral from a great client 
the chances of that being a great client are really high. You going and just getting somebody cold they've never met, like it, it can work and you can do it. But if I had a choice, I would prefer to go the route of people I like working with that have the problems I can solve. I want more of those people. Yeah. I want to end with this, which is um, I had a conversation with one of our members at, at, at one level of our coaching program. You get a one-on-one call. And so we had to call this one with one of our members. And she said to me, I, I struggle with quantifying and showing the value to, to my clients. I'm realizing that that's one of the reasons I'm not, uh, I'm not closing a planning client or I'm not even asking for referrals in some situations. And, uh, and I said, I said to her, I said, well, I, I make 150. My wife makes 90. We're sitting across from me. We have three kids. How can you help me? And she's like, oh, well, I, first thing I would do this. And I said, okay, like based on my numbers, like, what do you think you can maybe find? She's like, I mean, conservatively speaking, I don't know, $400 a month. So five grand a year. I said, so 50 grand. No, five grand. I said, no, over the next 10 years, that's 50 grand. Is it going to go away? It's probably going to get higher. 50 mm-hmm. grand. It's okay. So I just asked you in 20 seconds what you could help me with. And you came up with 50 grand mm-hmm. and you don't really know that much about me. I said, so can you quantify the value? She's like, yeah. And I said, that's the kind of stuff that's going to make people excited that's right. about saying, Hey, I know someone else. Yep. So the first is just understanding having accountability, having someone say, here's what, here's how you do it. Mm-hmm. You need to bring it up. You need to quantify it. And the next thing I'll say, and we can close with this is that as we talk about referrals is that you went all the way through to go, I'm going to create a book of ideas. Mm-hmm. Wish I knew that sooner that, that, that you could literally point to just, Hey Mike, just take, take three copies of this. Uh, I put a mark in chapter 15 mm-hmm. and just give it to those three people that applies to. That's right. Now, how much did that book cost you? Like, like, like at the end of the day, are they 25 bucks each? I mean, just think about for me the- to order yeah, 12 bucks. Okay. 15 bucks. Well, let's go. You know, you had to get it produced and yada, yada. Mm-hmm. But then, over the end of the day, it's like, okay, let's just say it's twice that because you got to ship it or whatever. Mm-hmm. And those are like hard copies. Yep. You know, like they're good and yep. they look amazing. Mm-hmm. Let's say it costs 25. Let's double that. Mm-hmm. Are you wanting to t- spend $25 mm-hmm. for someone to take your message and put it in front of someone that you know you can help yep. with the exact thing you can help them with? Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. So that is an elite level. And those yep. are the kind of things we talk about because, friends, we want you to be part of that elite level, not just that you survived, but you're yep. thriving. And I think referrals can be one of those things where it's like, I used to hate it, so I stopped doing it. And we're going to go all the way to the other end of, I cannot wait to ask for referrals because that means that I've shown value. Mm-hmm. And like 99% of the time people are like, oh, will you please talk to my friend about this? That's right. Which is completely opposite. Yeah, it feels great. It makes your job more enjoyable. But but our goal, when we teach our advisors to reject average. And those are strong words, but part of it, you have to recognize what average is and partially agree like, yeah, I'm doing a lot of average activity and I want to reject it because none of us I'll tell you this, I'll say this very directly. If you keep doing what you're doing right now, there's very few of you that would say, I'm on an elite path and someday I'm going to be happy to tell my story that I took risks, that I, yeah. you know, innovated all the time. Like a lot of the advisors we work with are like, I feel stuck. Yeah. Um, I want to be what you're talking about. I just don't know what the next step is. Well, the next steps are there. Like it's all right in your, within your grasp to do these things. You just have to be willing to kind of question it and disrupt it and rebuild it. And that's, I mean, what we help you with other coaches, like you, you need outside influence to kind of shake the system because there's, there's a better version of everything you're doing. You just have to decide, am I going to accept average and kind of just plug along? Or do I truly want to lean into this elite, elite path? Absolutely. Two very practical ways you can do that. Number one, come in January. Uh, we are, we've already sold several tickets to our how to charge live, uh, training and workshop here in January. 
Uh, you can go to howtochargelive.com to do that. Uh, we just had a, a, a huge group come through. Uh, you can listen to the, I think, two episodes, three episodes ago and, and listen to their stories. We've gotten some great feedback, by the way. Um, just, just some great emails from folks that are thinking about coming and I'm coming to the next one. Actually, the, the client I was talking about this morning, um, they'll be at the next one in January. Nice. And, and then the other is to be a part of a community and network of advisors and, and know what you're supposed to do next. Have someone look at your business and say, hey, you want to get there? Here's the next five steps to do that. Mm-hmm. And that's the Elite Advisor Network. So stenmorgan.com slash EAN. Both those links will be in the show notes. Um, we hope you'll take this and put it into practice. It has to matter tomorrow. And so we hope that you'll put this into place uh, tomorrow in your business. And we look forward to working with you more. Thanks for listening today. And as always, thank you for your wisdom. Thank you. 